following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Stats, and Stats. I, as always, am EZD, Derek Jaws. I am here with the main man, the OG, my OG co-host with the most, or something. T-Wave, what's up, buddy? Oh, that's a lot of energy coming in here today. Holy crap, happy Thursday. Yeah, we got to, we, uh, listen, my man's working, so it's going to be quick. It's going to be hot. We're coming in and we are going to get it done. So, uh, we're going to take advantage of this little break he's got here and we'll go from there. Uh, first things first, man, how you been? It's been a minute. Man, fantastic. Also, I was caught off guard by the new, new intro there. I know other people can't hear that, but I almost started asking questions and ruined this whole recording right there. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. So we're, uh, we're doing the zoom call and zoom actually lets you know when people are recording now. So yeah, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, now I know you're in trolling though. So that's for, that's perfect. Good for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so we are here. We got some cool stuff to talk about. Um, the, the NHL final four is going on. There's, they're a game or two into that per series. Uh, we kind of covered that a little bit last week with big diesel on the show. And uh, obviously the two game sixes we talked about panned out the way we kind of thought they would and the way, you know, I think everyone thought they would, but uh, we'll probably be back next week to talk more hockey there. So what we are going to talk about, uh, one of the funnier things I've seen on social media in a while, Josh Allen trolling Josh Allen. Did you catch yeah, that? I mean, is, is that real? Like, I, I know it appears to be real, but I didn't, I didn't see confirmation that it was actually him doing it to himself. So that was actually uh, both of his verified accounts. Like, like his verified account made the initial comment on so for those playing the home game uh josh allen tonight actually is throwing out the ceremonial first pitch at the buffalo blue jays versus the new york yankees game and josh allen like the i believe the bills posted it josh allen on his own twitter said probably gonna miss and throw it over the stands yeah brilliant and then quoted his own tweet and said wrong account face palm emoji I did see that. So, I mean, that was kind of telling, but I mean, he seems, he seems like a funny dude. So I didn't know if it was like how real it all was, but I mean, it's brilliant. Absolutely right. brilliant. Right. So this dude either has his own, like he's got his own burner account, which almost wouldn't surprise me. Like some of these guys like wanting to comment on things that, that, you know, keeps them out of the public eye, stuff like that. Like, so maybe he does, maybe he has his own burner account or maybe, He's just funny enough and above us all as a whole, as a human with humor, that he did that with the intention of then quote tweeting it and saying, wrong account, facepalm. Like, yeah. it's great either way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it is. The best part about it is he, like, the day earlier that day or the day before, and he said, he came out and said something to the effect of, uh, to the media that he's his own biggest critic, which just adds another layer to either the humor or was he trying to say like he has his own burner account that he makes fun of himself on and gives himself like bulletin board material. 
I mean, I believe, I believe it all to be true on some level. Like one, I think there's a, a comedic value to it, but I think most athletes are their own biggest critics, at least the good ones, because you kind of have to be at that rate. You're the only one that really, you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day. So people in the media can say whatever they want to about you, but you know, you, you know, your standard and where you're supposed to be. You're the only one that can answer to you. So it makes a lot of sense in that regard. And I mean, it's twofold too, because I do think you're beating people to any sort of punches. I think it's almost like making fun of yourself. You know, like when you were a kid and you got bullied and, you know, your parents kind of told you to do that. Like they can't make fun of you if you don't care. So, you know, similar to that regard, because obviously he's, you know, in this conversation about being a top five quarterback in the NFL and there's plenty of people that still don't buy into that. So he's, I get, it. I think he's kind of on the forefront with it and it's a, uh, it's a two bird, one stone situation. Absolutely. And again, it just, it, it just led credence to the whole, like, does Josh Allen have a burner account? Like, well, what are we doing here? And like, Oh, it like that, like, Oh, I'm my own biggest critic. Well, yeah, that's how they, that's how they draw it up. That, that's what you're supposed to say. And then you mock yourself on Twitter and call yourself out for mocking yourself on Twitter. Like the whole thing just went hand in hand. It was absolutely hilarious. I died laughing. I just watched the whole thing. I was like, well, what's, what are we doing? And it all, it all reads Josh Allen. So it makes a lot of sense. And if that's the case, I hope it continues because the Bill's social media account is unrivaled. So if you're going to ask my franchise quarterback to do the same thing, it's going to be one hell of a year. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, eh. the Bill social media is so good, so good. Yeah, I don't know who's been in charge of that over the last couple of years, but congrats to you. If I, if you're ever out, just you know, let it be known. I owe you a beer. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'll buy you your second one because I mean, just just having <laughs> me on the edge of my seat the day. I mean, I, I wasted an entire Wednesday trying to get my Buffalo Bills jersey wallpaper, sure did. and I like I was actually sitting there angry that like so for those of you who weren't paying attention last year they they were putting out you know wallpaper wednesdays they did the bills jersey you could put your number your name whole nine yards and they would like reply to you and pump it out or reply to it and tag you in it and kind of pump them out and i'm just sitting there and i'm like scrolling through scrolling through like okay they're all they're doing all the all the blue ones well damn it now they're doing all the white ones like wait a minute like i put one in for taylor and he got his first like oh i better have made the cut with mine like and i'll be mad if i don't like if they're just randomly picking the first 500 or whatever and like a good eight hours after my man got his i got mine i was like oh my god i like your social media people had me on the hook for eight hours <laughs> yeah i remember that that was a stressful day I felt oh, bad too. <laughs> yeah i was listen not many people have me on the hook for eight hours at a time and the bill social media team got it done Sure did. Sure did. Waste of the day away. I'm going to send him an invoice. TikTok right there. Yeah, I'm going to send him an invoice for my paycheck for the day. I would. Absolutely. Time is I money. Do, I, do, I do write funny invoices, so you would know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are quality, too. Those are quality. Uh, speaking of time being money, uh, the biggest question so far going into uh, the Bills camps was the notable absence of Star Latulier who has now reported to camp. What are your yeah, thoughts? That was uh, a noticeable loss, I would say, last year. Uh, and not so much in a pass rush, but definitely a run defense, which to me, they correlate. A run defense, if you can stop the run, 
helps create a pass rush because obviously you're putting people in passing situation. So those kind of scratch each other's back. So I think with the him coming back and the addition of the edge rushers that we drafted, our defense should look, should look different this year. And I'm not going to call, I'm not going to sit here and say it's significant upgrade because I'm dealing with rookies and you know how that's going to go for a minute, but on paper, we should improve. Uh, I mean, and again, if you can stop the run, which was a clear, a clear problem, that's going to, that's going to turn a lot of things around for a defense that I thought was fairly solid last year. We were just missing a couple pieces. And I would like to think with star and the edge rushing, those pieces have been again on paper filled. Absolutely. Uh, and that was one of the big things, you know, when you talk about the, uh, you know, guys like, oh, like, why are we paying Star? Like, Star, you know, I, oh, oh, Star opted out, big loss. Like, well, guess what? You found out last year, especially early on, how much of a big, you know, big, big loss that really was just because you know, he doesn't, he's that guy that doesn't show up on your stat sheets. He's not your guy that shows up on, like, have, like in a way that a casual fan would see. But when you take him off the field, it hurt. You know, the, the, the first few, I mean, we, I mean, we started out hot but it hurt, you know, those first couple of games, it really hurt. And you find out what a guy like that is really made of and why, you know, guys like Bean and McDermott and those guys are making the money that they're making because, oh boy. Well, then the depth, the depth of it is huge as well. I mean, having, having uh, the ability to be able to rotate your defensive line and keep them fresh is huge. And so now when you have a veteran like that, who, increases the depth of that you're I got fresh legs out there which is great theoretically I shouldn't have to put as much pressure on the new guys because I can still have a steady flow of you know you're not I, I don't have to depend on you for an entire game I should be able to rotate you through keep you fresh get you out there in the third and the fourth quarter when you know it's money time you know things like that so that's uh it's all connected that's going to be a big deal I think yeah, I, I'm excited about it. Uh, he sounded excited to be back. There was rumor at one point when he didn't show up to the optional uh, OTAs and stuff that they were doing that, you know, there was rumor he was considering retirement after not playing last year and everything else. And he came out after he came back, said it was great to be out there. Love meeting the new guys. Love beating, you know, you know, uh, like being out there, being with the boys, being back with the guys I've been with me, the new guys, just being back in the locker room, back, you know, and I, I don't regret what I, the decision I made for my, my, you know, my family, my kids, but it's good to be back and it's good to be here with the boys. And he sounds excited. He sounds fired up. And I don't, he looked like he was doing some good stuff, but it's, yeah, I mean, a year, a year off can do some things for, you know, especially not that he's old, old, but when you're a veteran, you've been around, you know, the, the training camps get a little daunting and stuff like that. You take a year off. I mean, if he took care of himself, that year off could do a world of wonder, especially for your mental psyche and stuff with everything that was going on. So he sure, I mean, uh, I, he sure looked like he was kind of taking care of himself. I, I remember star like kind of looking a little, a little bit bigger and he looked like he was in a, like, I mean, really good shape from what I could see. So, although a year off, maybe the last four or five months, he's been like, okay, time to get back to work. Cause uh, you know, <laughs> these guys, these young cats are coming in to take my job. Hey, whatever it takes, man. I mean, if it only took him five months, it's good for him. I don't care what it took. <laughs> no, no kidding. So uh, I got, heard some good news about uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, Mr. Allen has been singing his praises quite a bit. Yeah. I'm not caught surprised up on that. about that. Yeah, um, 
yes and no. Every I, I haven't heard anything bad, I guess is the easiest way to put that. I haven't really heard anything outside of the, you know, the brief conversations about vaccination and stuff like that, and the conversations that were going on with that in the locker room. But I, it's a cause for concern, but at the same time, I don't think it is. Like I, I feel like this locker room is a solid group and the core has been together for a couple of years now. And I don't, I don't see that getting in the way. I, I feel like this, the organization that we have, the way we communicate, the way people are together, I don't see that being an issue. I really, I don't. So to me, it's been nothing but positives across the board of anything I've heard coming out of this camp so far, which is fantastic. Yeah, really, the only uh, the only hiccup that we've seen or heard was a little uh, little tussle between AJ and uh, and Mongo there, and that was squashed immediately. Just the, you know, the heat of the battle kind of thing. We talked about it a little bit last week, and you know, but uh, that's I'd say, and, that, and that's going to happen, especially like yeah. especially amongst the linemen who are literally in physical confrontation all day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's been going on since the the dawn of Christ. So I was going to say since it's the not going to change for sure. For sure. <laughs> So, uh, and I honestly, I'd be worried if those things weren't happening because that just, if, and again, within reason, you know, we can't, I don't need the full out fist fights and stuff like that, but the scuffles that go on and stuff, like to me, if that doesn't happen, I don't have a competitive edge anymore. I'm just out there collecting my paycheck and going through the motion. So I fully expect there to be those times where, you know, you're in somebody else's face about something, whatever the reason may be, but. To me, you care. Otherwise, you wouldn't be fighting. So that's a, that's positive to me on a level. Yeah, and I mean that's one of those things too that like that that I equate that to. I'm signing a guy to come in and kind of push my starting quarterback for a job, and Marcus Mariota comes in and goes, "I'm good being the backup." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, so, I I need somebody in in your booty hole pushing you. You know. Yeah, let's I got, get it. I got. Let's get I need it. somebody behind me going, "Hey, bud, don't don't mess it up. I'm right here." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. So, uh, anything else for the good of the order on the the bills or any other uh, direct real life sporting stuff you want to want to cover real quick? Uh you know, I'm excited about the bills, but I'm not I'm not ready for the bills yet. I'm still enjoying my little off season here. Uh, truth be known, and I was going to bring this up, I have uh, been diving into the uh, the basketball association a bit more of late. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I you know, I, it's I've noticed. It's obviously playoff basketball, I think, is better than regular season basketball. That's probably true for every sport on the planet on, on a level. Whether, I mean, I think some sports like baseball makes a huge jump when it comes to playoff time. Uh, like football. Football is a jump into playoffs, but I'm juiced up about football all year round. I think they carry a different gravity through the regular season, whereas basketball, I think, is a little closer to baseball where – you know, the regular season's a little bit longer. It's got its premise and stuff, but I mean, there's a jump when you get to playoff time and it's a little more exciting. And what I'll say is when you see a game live, it changes your perspective of what you're watching on TV. Because TV, it's deceiving, the, like the camera angle. And once you get in there, I mean, even sitting in an upper deck of a game, watching those dudes move, it becomes a whole different level of impressive. So I'm kind of appreciating the game on a different level now. And uh, I find myself paying attention a lot more than I thought, because I'm now having full on conversations with people about basketball and I'm not lost. <laughs> well, I mean, that's convenient because I mean, really that's the one thing that we don't do is basketball because God knows, I don't know a damn thing about it. 
Yeah, I, I brought it up to somebody the other day. I said, I should probably tell Josh I'm getting into basketball because I know no one talks about it on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's just it's called adding depth. Heard that. Heard that. I'm just I'm diversifying my portfolio. Ooh, that, yeah, those, yeah. Are, those are all the big boy words. Yeah, well, I had a meeting this week, so I feel like an adult. Did you send it up the ladder? I, uh, I escalated it quickly. <laughs> Straight to my manager. <laughs> uh, gotta love the good manager. Uh. so uh yeah i mean i don't we don't need to go crazy on the b-ball right now but i uh i have been involved and i'm enjoying the the, uh the nba playoffs give me your uh give me your hats tats and stats style hot take on the uh who's who's winning it who's taking the who's taking the crown not it's not lebron no it's not lebron and i mean i can't wait until we stop talking about lebron I didn't like, not that I don't like LeBron, but I don't like LeBron. How else do you say that? He's not, he's just not likable to me. I don't, whatever it is. I don't know. I can't take away from his basketball. He's a superstar, but he's like Sidney Crosby. For, for the, for the hockey fans out there. He's like Sidney Crosby. He's that guy that he's really good. You can't take away from him on the ice, but like the whining, the crying, just anytime you see yeah. his name, his and face and worse, his fans, it just, like LeBron fans are like Yankee fans to me. LeBron is like Crosby and that's just a bad matchup. That's just a bad concoction of stuff that I don't want to eat. That's true. That is very true. So right now we're, we're playing semifinals, you conference semifinals in, uh, in the NBA playoffs and they've been exciting so far. Uh, I think where we are for who's in the, the semifinals is kind of expected. I think the Lakers were the only ones that, probably didn't make it to where they were supposed to, but the playoffs has been so injury riddled. It's, I mean, it's crazy. And they're starting to talk about the fact that there was only a two month turnaround from the last year's championship, which was obviously pushed back to the start of this season. And they're starting to equate basically two long seasons meshing into each other that now all these superstars are getting hurt in the playoffs. I'm not buying into that. I mean, you're in it's injuries happen. I do think it's a little crazy this year of how many, but I don't know. You're going to tell me these bodies are breaking down. It's what, whatever, besides the point. But so it's very interesting because these matchups on paper all looked like they were going to go a certain way, but the injuries are kind of evening everything out. So it's making these series go from what looked like five game easy series to seven game, you know, grind out bangers. So it's kind of making that fun to watch. Um, I mean, on paper, the Nets, who have the big three of Irving, Harden, and Durant, should have walked away with this cleanly but they can't still stay healthy because everyone's made a paper mache. So, I mean, the Bucks have a shot to force a game of seven, and I think they're in the running for that. If the Nets get healthy, they win. The Suns, I would have told you two days ago, probably would have won this whole thing, but now Chris Paul is out and he makes that whole team go, so I don't know about them anymore. I mean, they, they made it past the Nuggets, which is great, and they're going to get some rest. If Paul comes back, that could be a different story. The Sixers and the, and the Hawks, great series. Neither one of those teams are winning the finals. They don't have enough talent. So it's kind of like what it's, they're just buying their time until they're gone because I don't see either one of those teams getting past the Nets or the Bucks. whoever wins that side. So I'll give you a finals call, I suppose. I'm going to put the Nets in the final. I think they find a way to get there. And I'm going to put the Clippers in the final, even though they look like they can't put a full series together. They have too much talent to not go there. 
especially the Jazz look a little hurt with Donovan Mitchell, who is their go-to guy, and Connolly's out for them. So I got to give the edge to the Clippers. I go Clippers, Nets in the final. Nets get healthy. Nets win the whole thing. Love it. Love it. That's all the basketball you can handle for one day right there. I, listen, I didn't understand half the things that came out of your mouth. I love it. <laughs> I, you know what's funny? And I'll attribute uh, some of this to our friend Ryan on the PlayStation machine because he is, I mean, he's from Texas, so he's a sports fan and he's a huge Mavs fan. And we talk basketball and I watch, you know, highlights at night while I'm with him. And I have a lot of extensive conversations with him about basketball. And that's where everything comes from at this point. Cause I actually have someone who I'm going back and forth with about it. Right. Listen, I, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's nice. I, it's another I, Avenue. Cause usually this time of year is a little slow sometimes, but the fact that I'm actually not passing over ESPN because there's basketball on all the time has kind of been a little refreshing. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's one of those things that, like I said, the more, the more we can uh, talk about the happier I'm going to be, because, you know, we do definitely run this time of year, you know, it's that hockey's in playoff season. So you might catch us like every, every week's been the middle of the series, you know, if we can add basketball and that just gives us more to talk about, you know? Well, we're so. closing in on the finals. So if you want, we can do in-depth coverage on the finals. Oh, we're going to have to between the Stanley cup and the NBA finals. We're gonna have to do in-depth coverage on everything. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I'm on board. Let's get it. Maybe, Talk maybe I'll bring. Me. What's next? Where are oh, we at? We, uh, th- we are we are doing the fictional athlete bracket. Oh, this has uh, been fun. This has been fun. I haven't been able to totally be as interactive as I want to with this, but watching it has been a good time. So, so we are in our the last matchups of the first round are posted today. Uh, so far, moving on, Reggie Dunlop beat Pablo Sanchez, which was surprising to me. That one, that one was surprising. Uh, unsurprising. Pablo looked like he was going to run away with everything just because he was Pablo. Right. And because, you know, I mean, everybody knows what backyard baseball is. People don't even like baseball. Know who Pablo Sanchez is from backyard baseball. Uh, un- unsurprisingly, Rocky Balboa beat Danny Bateman back into retirement. Uh, <laughs> Ricky Vaughn knocked off Peter Lafleur. That one surprised me a bit. Eh, see, I think Ricky, I, the major league movies had more of a wider audience, whereas I feel Boone is more of a cult movie, kind of like Slapshot. So it's got its niche, but I don't think you get as much universal so, you know, I, playback I, for it. I made this mistake earlier when I posted the tweet. Uh, this is Peter LaFleur from Dodgeball. Oh, not, you're right. You're not right. Xavier LaFlem. <laughs> Savior. You know what? I thought you saw, you said the name wrong too. And it's turned out that I just wanted it to be somebody else. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. No, but, now uh, that, that I can get on board with is being a little bit more of a surprise. Absolutely. Yeah. Dod- Dodgeball was a very popular movie amongst a wide array of people where I feel like Ricky Vaughn had a very distinct appreciation from some, from some baseball fans and, you know, a smaller audience outside of it. So I am very, very shocked I mean, that while, and they're both similar it. characters too, because they were kind of dicks, a little bit of assholes, but they end up being hero at the end, you know? Oh, for sure. Uh, Air Bud. I mean, remember uh, LaFleur tried to shut, sell his team out this comeback. Yeah. And uh, Ricky Vaughn sold out as a whole. In, in yeah, Major remember League movie two. two? Fucking poser. Right. He Going was on from, the suck list for half that movie. Yeah, throwing eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah. you don't get away, You don't get away with throwing eighty poo in the show. 
no, let's call it the masturbator. Right. We'll see you later. Uh, Air Bud knocked off Roy McAvoy of Tin Cup. Yeah, that uh, one's hurtful to me. I mean, I love Air Bud, but Tin Cup was always a favorite for me. I think it's a lot of it's because a he's a dog and people just love the Doge. And uh, yeah. another yeah. part, I mean, he he played every sport except for like hockey and baseball. I mean, he did everything. To my else. knowledge, but I mean, there's a lot of Air Buds that went straight to VHS. So for all we know, they exist. Right. I mean, maybe maybe they put an entire team out once he had a litter of pups. Like they just put a whole baseball team out there. <laughs> oh, what an idea! You should call somebody. There's definitely movies with him having puppies, so I oh, it, it's possible it already exists. It's incredible how old Airbud is because I can tell you that I used to go to the old AMC where the gym was that we used to have with my grandmother to see like the two dollar shows, and Airbud was like one of the first things I ever saw there. With there, that's how old that is. So I mean, you have to admit, sadly, that it's probably a different dog at this point, right? No, <laughs> listen. Listen, that dog has gone nowhere, and Santa Claus is real quick messing around. That's fair. Uh, one dog. of dog, get out of here. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the more interesting first round matchups that the randomizer decided to be a cold hard bitch about was uh, Ronnie Bass and Dottie Henson. Uh, so I had somebody argue with me that you know, well, Ronnie Bass was a real person. Yes, we are talking about the fictional adaptation that took liberties with the character, the lines, the you know, like. <laughs> The, the movie Ronnie Bass. And then somebody said, well, Donnie Hinson was real too. And I said, actually, yeah. no, she was not. So yeah, she was not. That's true. Uh, she was, there were two or three specific uh, ball players from the all American girls professional baseball league that she was modeled after, but she herself was not real. And she knocked off Ronnie Bass in uh, a pretty tight matchup from, let me see if I can you know, pull up the results here. Cause I, you know, why wouldn't I have that spreadsheet at the ready? Uh, she should have knocked off Ronnie Bass. That's uh, that's who should have won. Yeah, she she doubled down on him. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Dottie Henson is priceless. Come on. Yeah, I mean, and, and we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, because every week we talk about the four that are that are hitting the airs that the airways that week. Um, not only was she a great player and a great catcher and a great hitter, but she managed the team when. Uh, you know, Mr. Dugan yeah. passed out drunk, scratching his scratch readings. Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 She was before her time. I mean, she should be managing right now. Absolutely. Probably doing a better job than half the league. That's what I'm saying. I mean, when there is no Jimmy Dugan without Dottie Henson. That's really all I need to say about it because she woke his ass up. Absolutely. And I, the question is would she be an analytics girl or would she just be baseball, just a baseball girl? Straight baseball. Straight baseball. Straight baseball. There's no analytics with a gut check like that. That girl's got it on the inside. Sure does. Uh, Benny the Jet knocks off Shane Falco. Yeah, I mean. That was a toss-up to me. I do like me some Shane Falco, but Benny the Jet. And, like, Shane Falco, you know, he didn't always have it in him. He had to be pushed. Like, Benny the Jet, he was taken over. It didn't matter what it was. I mean, he... There was no like, oh, you know, Benny, we need you. Benny was like, yo, I'll go get that ball. I mean, come on. (laughs) Whereas they had to shove that ball in Falco's face. I mean, he took it eventually, but he needed some coddling. Benny the Jet, unequivocal. Yeah, uh, I think the line in there, the, uh, you know, I want the ball, winners always do. Well, he didn't want the ball at one point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he's not a winner. So I I, I do change my tone with Benny the Jet. I, I initially picked Falco, but 
I think you talked me into it. <laughs> uh, Julie the Cat correctly beat Doug the Thug. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Doug the Thug is fantastic, but again, that movie's got a more of a cult following to it. So, while I love me Doug the Thug, I mean Julie the Cat. First of all, that nickname is top notch. Yes. Bangor, Maine. I mean, who comes from Bangor, Maine? Julie the cat, obviously. Duh. You're the cat lady. I mean, geez, even Goldberg was jealous. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I, again, I mean, she she pushed Goldberg down a very dark path. Very dark path. Oh, yeah. Think about that. Think about that. All he could do is make her eat too many friggin' cupcakes. She, she ruined his life. <laughs> yeah, and then he ended up getting arrested for some stuff down the road. I, it, he had a bad adulthood. It's not good. I heard he's clean now, though. I I, heard, I have heard he's doing well, but uh, maybe one day we can confirm that. Best wishes to Goldberg, of course. I mean, yep. we wish no ill will against the man. Of course, uh, you know he, the Ducks wouldn't be the Ducks without Goldberg, and there wouldn't be new, there wouldn't be Julie the Cat without the Ducks. So that's her. Yeah, all of it. It's uh, I mean, it's all intertwined. God bless everybody. Another uh, another cult classic movie with John uh, John Beebe of Mystery Alaska getting knocked off by Chaz Michael Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't that's want a, either. That's either a bad one of draw. Guys, to go down, it is. It is. That's that's a finals matchup. I would have appreciated. Now I get I'm a little partial because Blades of Glory is probably one of my favorite movies of all time, and Mystery Alaska is up there as well. And I wish. See, Mystery Alaska shouldn't be a cult following because it's just a quality movie. I mean, with big it's a sports names. movie, it's a love story. Like the cult movie to me are like more of those indie films that are clearly a little off the rocker. Like if you watch Goon, it feels like Slapshot while you're watching. Right. Whereas Mystery Alaska had a legit storyline. You know, it had that that Disney movie build up to you. Like, I don't Mystery Al- different movies. Mystery Alaska had like a miracle feel to it. Yeah, exactly. But it was fictional. That was the only downfall of it, if you could give it one. Because if you said, hey, this is based on a true story. That movie is epic all of a sudden. Yes. And I think the thing that, like, the amount of people that have never seen it just annoys me. Yeah, it it's just incredible. annoys me. It's just unheard of. You're like, you say the name and people just look at you sideways. It's not even something they, like, oh, but, yeah, I remember that or nothing. They just, that, it's nothing. Oh, I've never even heard of that one. What? It's crazy. Here I am. It's saved on my PlayStation. On your PlayStation 3, for Christ's sake. That's true. That's, That's how you true. know it's real. You saved the PlayStation 3 because the movie's on it. That's true. Of course, I found out I didn't have to. So Damn it. <laughs> I, I've been walking around this PlayStation for one movie, like the world's biggest DVD. Uh, <laughs> a loser. I liked it better my way. Liked it better my way. Uh, Adam Banks, the cake eater, knocks off Thad Castle. We got two, uh, two ducks moving on. Uh, I mean, ducks fly together, so that makes a lot of sense to me. And they are kind of coming in a V here. <laughs> Listen, they're they're one win away each from facing each other. So that would be appropriate. It would be. That would be appropriate. It would be. I was surprised Chad that uh, Michael Michael is going to be a tough takedown, though. Uh, he sure is. Um, I was surprised that Thad didn't get more love. You know, going Beaver free to go top three, multi-time national champion. Yeah, not I am not, but at the same time, rabies. it wasn't for me. So he's not a rabies. And, and like Adam Adam Banks was hurt for half the movies. God, I don't like Adam I mean, Banks. I never did. Cake yeah. eater. Well, yeah, because he was kind of a dick. So 
somehow, you know, he's the season favorite. Everybody knows this. Yeah. Somehow, one partial season for Henry Rowengartner knocked off Johnny Lawrence's whole life of work. Well, that he was a medical me. miracle. It's a miracle. Just I don't know how me. you're supposed to hold down miracles. And then the dude pulled everything off without his miracle arm anyways. He went funky butt-loving, tossed the floater in there, and won the whole thing. I mean, when you, stri- when you strike out Hato, who's the uh. absolute cub killer... You need to be recognized for that. Yeah, I, I still don't like it. I, I love, I love, I love me some Johnny Lawrence. He threw a strike from kid. center field bleachers to home to knock out a home run. That dude was out, and I don't care. The ref called the ump called him safe. Is bullshit. He was out. Well, yeah, because it was a home run. No, 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 no. That ball came back. <laughs> <laughs> the straight laser. It was that was that was the Fremonda cheese. No. No, this should have been Johnny Lawrence, and everybody who voted for Henry's wrong. Uh, B- Billy Billy Bob knocked off Steam and Willie Beeman. That's a tough one. I like me Steam and Willie Beeman. I did too, but I, you know me. I love me some linemen. I love me some big boys. Any given Sunday doesn't get enough credit for the movie that it is. I don't think people understand Any how given Sunday they played that movie because you, I mean... That, those locker rooms and those scenes, I remember I went to go see the only movie I think I've ever gone to see with my father in theater. And of course, that movie is older too. So we're in there and all of a sudden, you know, you get a locker room scene and everyone's schlong a dong is just hanging out in her face. And there's me and the old man next to each other just staring at steaming piles of rawhide on the screen, the big screen. Of course, we're four rows up. I'm like, oh man, this is a couple. <laughs> uh, Dad, are you sure I should be here? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and funny, actually, we go back to the AMC. I also saw Titanic in that theater with my grandmother, and everybody remembers that little French girl scene when we're making that painting. Uh-huh. Did that old lady not cover my eyes when them titties hit the screen? God, it was uh, the worst day of my life. You could picture your grandmother's cold hand on your face, yeah, looking can, at those nice boobies in theater. Oh my God! It's like I'm there. Oh, you I just, just you, these, you just painted me a word picture, unlike things I've ever seen. Yeah, you are welcome. If I'm going down, so are you. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, uh, Billy Bob knocks off Steam and Beam. And any given Sunday to me is the Mystery Alaska football movies. It doesn't get the love it deserves. Yeah, it um, just kind of fell off the map and didn't get it, you know, didn't stand the test of time like those hourglasses. But, you know, Billy Bob wandering downfield, acting like he's lost, crying because he's a bit of a crier. He deserves the W there, in my opinion. I mean, he, he was an emotional roller coaster of a character on a movie that, you know, had some, some real shoestrings to tug at you. So he was well played. Very much so. And then the, uh, the finals matchup that I, we've gotten a lot of anger on this one on the social media machines, just because like, listen, I didn't pick anything really. I, I picked like the last two guys to round out the field and I picked like nothing, like, like the color scheme for the bracket which are just our <laughs> colors. Uh, the no one's ran- ever happy. The randomizer did this. The water boy, Bobby Boucher, against Happy Gilmore himself in the first round, in the first matchup. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's hard, uh, but only so hard to me. While I agree that you would probably like to see both those characters move on, I, I mean, Bobby Boucher would in my opinion and and generally speaking uh the the masses agreed because 
Bobby Boucher almost doubled Gilmore's votes. So, I mean, again, it's a tough matchup. You want to see Gilmore, you know, move his way down, but at the same time, yeah, it's, the the problem I have with when people don't like the way the early round brackets work out is at the end of the day, you had to beat everyone on some level to get to the final. So, yeah, is it unfair that you had a tough matchup in the first round? Sure, but you were going to have it in the semis of the finals anyway. So get over it. You get placed where you get placed. You got to win games. <laughs> yeah, and the randomizer is a cruel, cruel mistress, as we've said before. So that brings yeah. us to our upcoming matchups for this week and uh, the wrap-ups portion of the show, if you will. Starting off, we have Coffee Black of Semi-Pro against Crash Davis of Bull Durham. Who you got? Uh, this one's not hard for me. Uh, Crash Davis all day, every day. I mean, I don't even think Coffee Black is the best character in that movie. So this this one's easy for me. I agree with you. I mean, he, you know, he set the record for home runs in the minor leagues. You know, he believes in a lot of cool stuff that I, I enjoy. Has, yeah. one of the, has one of the most epic speeches in, like, one of the most epic monologues in sports movie history. Yeah, there, that's, uh, especially in sports movies. In movies in general, and I say that because the monologue was about more than just baseball, so I think it crosses over some platforms, but For sure. it did have baseball in it, so I'll give it a sports monologue, but it was, it was money. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think this one will be close, but we'll see. Uh, Gordon Bombay against Xavier Laflemme of yeah, the Goon, not not of not of dodgeball Peter Lafleur fame. I uh, I placed my vote on all these already. Uh, I did I did take Bombay. Uh, this one also is not that uh, not that close to me. I mean, you're talking about a trilogy versus. I mean, I'm going to call it one movie. They did a second one, but Laflemme didn't get enough airtime. Yeah, he, yeah wasn't, exactly. he wasn't in the second one. So it's, I can't, he doesn't have enough on paper for me. And even if he did, I don't think he wins it anyways. Yeah, see, I, I went with LaFlem just because, you know, pure athletic talent. I mean, yes, Bombay made it to a certain level. LaFlem made it to the same level. And Who knows where Bombay was going to go? He got clipped? Yeah, got to stay healthy, man. That's part of it. If, well, I mean, when you got people taking shots at your knees, that's not your fault. Well, I mean, if, if if Tom Brady five years into his career broke his leg and never played again, would he still be the goat? No, part of being good, part part of, part of being great is longevity to me. Well, Laflem had a longevity of half a movie, so yeah, he was a game changer. Game, I changer. guess, but I mean, I got a guy who crossed platforms. He dominated on the ice, and then when he couldn't do that anymore, he took a bag of ragtag kids, District Five. And all of a sudden, they're in the goddamn Olympics. I mean, what else do you want from me? Bombay all day. No way. Okay, you're just being <laughs> stubborn now. Listen, uh, listen, I'm like that. Listen, that <laughs> that line, that line, like Bombay all day. No way. Okay, I'm in. But we we crushed it. Uh, then we got Mr. Roy Hobbs, the natural himself, against the angriest MMA fighter that's ever been portrayed in a movie, in Tommy Reardon of the movie warrior. Now I feel bad because I've only seen warrior once and I don't recall it very well. So my vote on this one was biased due to the fact of lack of knowledge. And I have to apologize about that one. That's on me. I, uh, this is probably going to be one of the toughest decisions I have to make when I, when I actually do cast my vote on this one, because I like, I mean, obviously, I've lived in both worlds. I love the natural. Warrior is easily 
if not for the Rocky movies and their iconicness, Warrior to me would be one of the best fight movies out there. So I, I don't know. I heard I'm nothing gonna, but good things about it. I really should do my time and go back and watch it again because, like I said, yeah. I really don't remember it. And for all I know, I'm mixing it up with another movie, which would be doing it a disservice. Yeah, I uh, I recommend that for you because I'm gonna do it again. I, I watch this movie like four times a year, just randomly, and I, oh, okay. love, I, I wonder I why. Every that must be when you start rage tweeting after you watch the movie. That's what happens. Yeah, you get all fired up, all gassed up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain my public vote until I can do do more soul searching on this one, and then we're gonna wrap it up with uh, another another man from the movie Semi Pro who's gonna love you sexy, Mister Jackie Moon. Against- Jackie Moon. Against Monica Wright of Love and Basketball, not the actual you know, Monica, not the Monica Wright that's actually in the WNBA right now, but the movie one, Monica Wright. This one's incredibly hard. This, so I feel about this one probably how you feel about the other one, because Love and Basketball is an OG movie to me, and I grew up watch. That was one that I used to watch a lot, and I don't know why I liked it so much, but that movie was it took the cake for me. Going, growing up there so and of course i mean semi-pro that movie's just gold i feel about semi-pro how i feel about blades of glory it's just comedic genius it's the perfect level of stupid will ferrell and the, the story is first of all it's, it's loosely based on true events so you kind of appreciate it for that level but obviously the way they you know the the story that they turned it into is absolutely fantastic uh I don't remember if I voted for this one and I probably didn't because I don't know. I think I would lean towards moon on the wind just because I think love and basketball is a movie that hasn't been seen a ton by everybody. So that might just be a popularity contest on that level, but that's hard, man. That's hard for me. I'm uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Some of these matchups, man, it's not easy. It's uh, it's, but I mean, if it were easy, everyone would do it. Heard that Jimmy Dugan, Jimmy Dugan. Did Jimmy Dugan even get nominated for a character? Did we fail? Did we fail on not putting in Jimmy Dugan? Well, no, this is athletes. He wasn't an athlete in the movie. Fair enough. You're right. You're right. You're maybe, right. Maybe You're someday right. we'll do the uh, greatest fictional coaches of all time. I mean, although we're going to have to have a conversation about Bombay then. Uh-huh. We sure will. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll be down the road. We, we won't do back-to-back brackets like this. but uh, Yeah, for perfect <laughs> yeah so uh, anything else for the good of the order there guy i don't think so man i mean these beds aren't going to make themselves so i suppose i should go back to work well <laughs> you know you're going to make your bed but someone else is going to lay in it so at least Heard that's that. a good, thing. good for you <laughs> <laughs> all right man thanks for joining me uh as always hat stats and stats is a uh part of the bicbp radio network www.bicbp-radio.com you can go there check out us and all the other cool podcast stuff that we do and put out as a group of people uh we are pushing toward the twenty thousand mark of subscription so like follow share subscribe find us on social media you can vote on all of the stuff we talk about movie wise uh on facebook twitter instagram and on the sports host app which the link for is down below in the summary if you want to go there and check that place out and we will go from there. Thanks for tuning in, guys. T-Wave, thanks for joining me, bud. And we will catch you guys next week. The Tip of the Cap podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. Hey, Anthony. Yeah, Chris? 
You hear any new podcasts lately? Uh, yeah, I have. Like what? Retro Blist. You had that ready to go. Like, almost like you knew I was going to ask you this. I sort of kind of did. It was like an ESP feeling. What's Retro Blist? Retro Blist is a retro video game podcast presented by Johnny and Trevor, where they talk about everything from retro gaming, retro consoles. They each week review a different video game that they have played. Uh, majority of the time it is retro like on the actual console itself from Sega Dreamcast to Super Nintendos to um, I think they recently started playing on a Nintendo Switch. Where can I find this podcast? Uh, you can find it at BICBP-radio.com. Sweet.